you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Well, hello there and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering your retail transformation. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to episode 126, number 126. One of the big themes over the past few years has, of course, been that of Omnichannel. And over the course of the pandemic, it feels like Omnichannel is very much back on the radar, very much a key part of everyone's plans and everyone's conversations. But the thing is, that term Omnichannel causes a lot of confusion. There's a lot of misunderstanding. I think it's often used in a vague way. And actually, overall, I think it's actually overused and under understood. I've heard Omnichannel being referred to as buy from anywhere, fulfill from anywhere. But I think it's a bit deeper than that. In fact, a lot deeper than that. So in today's episode, let's dive into the complexity of Omnichannel retail. What does Omnichannel really mean? And then how do you actually go about becoming Omnichannel? Show notes are over at obandco.uk slash 126. That's obandco.uk slash 126. So whilst Omnichannel has been all the rage for a little while now, I thought it would be useful just to look back and think, where did we come from in the world of retail? Well, just a few years ago, I don't think we ever really spoke about channels, did we? (laughs) It's a new concept. The world of retail was single channel. You ran shops or you ran a mail order service, right? But really, I think it was when e-commerce started to take a significant portion and you had retailers doing shops and e-commerce. And we said, oh, look, multiple channels. Let's call it multi-channel. And then we got a little bit more advanced and we said, let's bring them together. Let's call it omni-channel. And now we add additional terms like unified commerce in, for example. Meanwhile, these terms are being misused by different people, which is adding to the cloud of confusion. But let's stick with omni-channel for today. And in particular, I'd like to zoom into the word omni, because at its heart, omni means to combine. So you're combining all channels. And I think when you think about omni-channel like that, suddenly it gets pretty easy. It gets pretty understandable, right? But let's not beat around the bush. Omnichannel should not be the first thing that you go after in terms of developing your business. First and foremost, make sure that each channel is firing and delivering a great performance. And then when you have got to a place where multi-channel is working really well, then you can begin to move into the complexities of omnichannel. But if your individual channels are misfiring and not performing, then frankly, you'd be much better off spending your time, your effort, your money and your headspace on fixing those broken channels, right? So if omni means combining, then that helps us understand. But if we look at the word channels, often omni-channel is referring to physical stores and digital online, right? But if you just think about physical and digital or stores and online, I think you're avoiding some of the complexity and in turn adding confusion, making it harder to really understand. 
So in the modern retail industry, there are many, many different channels, not just two, right? I've identified 22 different channels, at least, by the way. And I'm going to go through all 22 in just a single breath. Are you ready? <gasps> own stores, franchises, shopping shops, pop-up, own website-based mobile and desktop, apps, contact centers, live chats, social media like Facebook and Instagram, content platforms like YouTube, TikTok and blogs, messaging like text, messenger, WhatsApp and WeChat, third-party marketplaces like Amazon and eBay, own brand marketplaces, partnerships, influencers, events, one-to-one -one video calls, live streaming, emails, Google, VR, AR, and whatever else comes down the pipeline very soon. <gasps> Whew, did it. <laughs> if you didn't quite catch all that, then fair enough. Do head over to the show notes page, obandco.uk slash 126, or rewind and have a go yourself. <laughs> and by the way, if I did miss something, then uh, I'm terribly sorry. I was running out of breath. But do reach out and let me know which channels I've missed as well. But the bottom line is there are many, many channels, right? Not just two. Yes, sure, you could say online captures a few of those different channels, but I think if you don't detail them out, you're at a big risk of actually ignoring or not fully embracing all of those channels, right? So if we understand Omni and Channel, why is Omni Channel complicated? Why is it so hard? Well, first and foremost, as we've said already, it's about the misunderstanding behind the word and what it means. It's not just click and collect, right? And saying stores and online, as we've said, it's too narrow and too restrictive and frankly too vague as well. And keeping with that vagueness, when we add in the word seamless, which tends to go hand in hand with omnichannel, but again, I don't think it's particularly well understood as a term. In the past few years, the number of channels, as you've just heard, has exploded. There are many, many different channels now. And as you add more channels, omnichannel gets more complex. Firstly, the pure number of channels can be overwhelming, a sort of a, oh my goodness, how do I do all of this? But if you are aiming for seamless, then it's also worth thinking about all of those different seams. There are many, many different nodes or channels and therefore many different linkages. So to be truly seamless, there are a lot of different considerations that you need to make. And more considerations means there are more opportunities to break and more opportunities to confuse your customers, your colleagues, yourself, your stakeholders. So more channels definitely is making it more complex as a concept. And then the third reason why I think omnichannel is complicated, so we've had the misunderstanding of the terminology, we've had the fact that more channels is making it more complex, and also it needs more collaboration. That means more communication, more complex thinking, more subject matter experts, more and new expertise that perhaps hasn't existed before now. And frankly, it needs more hard work, right? to bring all of these pieces together and get it functioning like a perfect machine, yeah? So if that's why Omnichannel is complex, how do we go about overcoming this? Well, first things first, please consider this. You and your retail brand do not need to be on every single channel. It's tempting because you may feel that if you're not on a particular channel, then maybe you're missing out, right? You know, oh my goodness, I can make so many sales. Oh, wow, look at this company over here doing an amazing job on this particular channel. We should do that too. We could trade it so hard. No, you don't need to be on every channel. Instead, ask yourself this. What do your customers want? And what channels do they use naturally? Because if you are appearing where your customers already are, then frankly, the game gets a whole lot easier, yeah? 
Don't just follow and do exactly what your competitors are doing. Maybe there's an opportunity to stand out. But more importantly, it's better to do a few channels really well than try and do all channels really badly. I hope you agree with me on that, right? So how do we start to overcome this? Well, first and foremost, it's about mindset. And I'm really encouraging you here to be omnichannel rather than to do omnichannel. And I'm very much referring to an existing episode here, episode 72 featuring Lee Woodard, which was about the difference between being digital and doing digital. And I think if you listen to that episode, I think omnichannel is exactly the same. Obviously, it's got large volumes of digital roots in there. But it's more important to be omnichannel and truly understand and grasp what that is in terms of combining the channels rather than just saying, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. So do go and check that one out, Lee Woodard on episode 72. Next in mindset, if your goal is to combine your channels, how are you going to, across your organization, going to combine your mindset, combine your goals, combine your KPIs, combine your experiences and your expertise? You know, how are you going to combine your victories and even your losses, right? If you do this, Together, you'll build a team, not just a set of silos. And ask yourself this. So just pretend that it's all your business, everything is to play for, and you pick up a blank sheet of paper and you say to yourself, if I was starting again, how would I set all of this up? And map out what you would ideally do if if you were building your own business, right? How would it all work? How would it connect together? How would it combine? And one of the questions I see a lot when it comes to Omnichannel is, Is there a reorganization needed to become omnichannel? Well, possibly. It really depends on your existing setup, which I hope you can appreciate. Firstly, if e-commerce and stores sit in separate parts of the organization, then maybe a reorganization would be worthwhile considering. But remember, it's not just about stores and online. It's not just about physical and digital, right? Many, many different channels. So how are you going to then blend in social media? How are you going to blend in supply chain? How are you going to blend in your contact center, your customer service teams? And really all of this then comes back to what's your scope? What does omni-channel mean to you? Which channels are you going to be focusing on most? And then if there's a reorganization needed, great. But what's more important is to get to that shared mindset, get to that combined approach where you are operating as a team Frankly, whether you have the same boss or not. (laughs) So mindset is the first consideration that we can use to overcome the complexities of omni-channel retail. And customer experience is the next factor. In the world of omni-channel retail, customer journeys get incredibly complex very, very quickly. As customers engage with your brand across many, many different channels, that customer journey map quickly evolves into a tangled mess of confusion, frankly. (laughs) Between different trading approaches, different promotions, retargeting, recommendations, purchases, returns, and all these other considerations going on. And if you do not have your omni-channel set up correctly, that's going to feel very, very clunky. I'm sure you can reflect on some times where you have bought from a retailer or other company across different channels and it has felt clunky or confusing or disjointed, right? That's what we want to avoid. And really, that's pointing all towards that word we've touched on earlier, seamless, right? 
we're continually talking about customers seamlessly switching between channels, yeah? But if there are 22 different channels, and with the consideration that you're not operating in all of them, do you realise that there could be 462 different transitions to make seamless? And that's lumping things like social media into one channel, right? Which we know has a lot more depth to it. So there are many, many, many different transitions or seams, shall we say, where the customer needs to bridge across different parts of your business. So how can you work across that many different transitions, that many seams? So one of the pieces of advice that you hear quite often about Omnichannel is that you must put the customer at the heart, which sounds really lovely, doesn't it? It's like, hmm, yes, put the customer at the heart. That gives me the warm and fuzzies, yeah? But what does it actually mean? How do you put the customer at the heart, truly, genuinely? Well, for me, it's about resetting your thinking to put the customer as the consistent theme in the customer journey. And it is the channels that evolve around them rather than the customer bouncing between channels. It's the channels that have to evolve around the customer to serve the customer. And we'll come back to this in just a moment. So keep that in your mind. But then instead of these 462 different transitions or maybe more, you can focus on a number of really core transitions that are essential to highly manicure. And then for the others, you let the business evolve around them. If you have these highly manicured set of steps or stages, which can be mixed and matched across the buying process, maybe if you're talking about building a basket through the browsing part of the journey, then actually, what does that look like as you transfer between different channels? Which are the channels that you're going to be most likely to interact with as you go through this browsing part of the journey? And then you can cut that plethora of different channel transitions down to a set of really core, high priority ones to make sure that they are really seamless. <laughs> and then everything else can work around the customer with the customer as the consistent theme using data. So that's what we're going to focus on next, data, and how data can help you to probably put the customer at the heart of the experience. And really here, what you want to be doing is making sure that your data is built around the customer. You've got a ton of data and actually arguably a complication because you've got so much more data that you are generating. And the data tends to be created in a channel. So it's very easy to keep the data in a channel rather than reorganizing it to say, here's the data around the customer. But actually, if you could have a single source of all of your data and you put the customer right at the center, you create a, a single view of the customer, shall we say, that then you can build the customer journey based on almost like a, a ledger or a history of the different channels that that particular customer has engaged with. Sure, there are lots of channels where you may not know a customer has come in and browsed in your physical store and walked out. But where you do have the intel, you must start to create this multiple channel engagement history that allows you to combine them and become omnichannel. And from there, you can then say, right, okay, we've got this single view of the customer. How do we then blend that with a single view of the product or a single view of the purchase or the transaction and the order histories and so on? So that then, with the customer as the consistent theme, you can then work out how all of these other data sources interact with it. 
and consequently how all the channels can interact with that customer as well. So you're probably thinking, okay, that's, that all makes sense, but what's best? What's, what should I be doing? Well, there's no single blueprint for all companies, right? There is no right answer. You have to dive into the details to understand your customer, their mindset, their buying behavior, their journey, their mission at any moment in time, as well as your position in the marketplace and the purpose that you provide to that customer. If you're a retailer of baked beans, it's a very different omni-channel experience that you may want to be thinking about compared to if you are a retailer of high-end televisions or computers or whatever. But after this, make sure you think about a defined set of channels that you want to focus on. Go to the show notes at obandco.uk slash 126 and find that list of the 22 different channels and start to think, actually, how many channels are we operating in? How are we going to govern these different channels? What's our core proposition? How does trading fit into all of these different channels? How do we resource them? How do we develop them? How do we combine them? And then think about how you can act as one team, looking to avoid or mitigate sources of conflict, whether that's commission and bonus payments, whether that's goals, or even, frankly, whether it's about empire building, right? How do we overcome all of these different challenges and ultimately ensure that we are driving the right behaviors? And then how does the data configure to make sure that we have the customer at the center as the consistent piece within the history or the data being built up around that particular customer and customers like it that allow you to be more predictive. And overall, you must think about being omni-channel, be more combined, more connected. And here's the thing, right? Whether you realize or not, you've already been doing omni-channel. Even if you run just one store with colleagues, you've been running in an omni-channel way. If you operate an estate of stores, you've been operating in an omni-channel way. If you've been a member or a manager of a team, you've been omni-channel. Think about that word combined once again. In all of these instances, every colleague or every team member is actually a channel. But what happens is you work together to serve the customer. How? Well, you have good communication and you have team meetings. Maybe you share the same uniform. Maybe team members have specific roles, you have shared goals, you have access to the same stock, the same till system, you have consistent pricing, same promotions, you have the ability to return each other's orders for a customer, you support each other when it's hard. And you may think, yeah, well, that's just how you do it, right? True, but it's exactly the same for Omnichannel. It doesn't need to be complicated. Think to this very simple scenario. And imagine a world where you go to shop in a store and you're looking for a specific piece of stock, but you're told it's out of stock. And then you overhear another customer asking for that very same product. And yet it's in stock for them from a different colleague. What? Then you go to pay and you've got a product and you're being charged $9.99, let's say. You look over at the till next to you and there's another customer buying exactly the same thing. Yet they're being charged $6.99. And then you want to return an item, but you're told you can't return it because the person that sold it to you isn't around the business at the moment. So you have to come back. And what if all the colleagues were fighting with each other over you for your business? They were trying to compete with each other 
for your business to try and sell you something. You'd be like, stop. (laughs) You don't want that, right? Feels confusing. It feels overwhelming. It feels clunky. But it doesn't happen like that. Because we all work in an omni-channel way. We all work in a combined way. And so if you were to take anything away from this episode, I want you to realise that being omnichannel doesn't have to be complicated. It's about combining things, and it's about combining things in a way that feels natural, just as you would do if you were running a single shop with just a couple of colleagues, a really small little operation. You would just make it work because you would work in an omnichannel way. And that's all you need to do, right? So omnichannel doesn't need to be complicated, but it does need to be thought through. It does need to be intentional. And it does need to be aligned. Sure, there's lots of complicated things when you dive down into the details of the data, for example. But I don't want the omnichannel strategy to be complex for you. Because there are many, many more problems for you to be focused on rather than the complication or the complexity of that word omnichannel. I would love to hear your thoughts or if you need support in building out your omnichannel strategy. You can reach me at oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or find it on the show notes page, which again today is obandco.uk slash 126. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I thought you might also enjoy checking out episode 72 which was with Lee Woodard exploring doing digital versus being digital. Then in episode 124, it was about how to be a data-driven retailer, which is particularly key when you think about how you can make the customer the consistent theme in your experience. And then finally, in episode 125, we took a look at eight factors shaping technology-led transformation which you might find particularly interesting if you are coming at Omnichannel from a technology perspective, right? So do go and check that one out. So all of those three episodes you'll find on the show notes page, but very quickly, number 72, number 124, and number 125. Do go and check them out. And if you've not already done so, do hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and make sure that you enjoy the new episodes which come out every single week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Retail Transformation Show. Do make sure you share it with your contacts and your colleagues. And I'll look forward to joining you on another episode very soon. Bye for now.